You're listening to The Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is by Pastor Dean Bernke. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our sermon today is from the first chapter of St. Matthew, beginning in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. After her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgins shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Please be seated. <coughs> Who is Jesus? <clears throat> That's the question we've been asking this Advent, using Matthew 1 to guide us. Who is Jesus? You know, that's the most important question that anyone could ever ask. Who is Jesus? From Matthew 1, announces that Jesus is the son of David, son of Abraham, and the son of Solomon. Today, we see that Jesus is a son of Mary. A story is told about a man, a wealthy man, years ago, who shared a passion for collecting art with his son. His father and son had priceless works of art by Picasso, Van Gogh, and numerous other artists. And those paintings adorned the walls of their estate. One year war engulfed the nation, his son left to serve his country. And soon his father received a telegram. His son had been killed in action. Distraught and lonely, the old man faced the upcoming Christmas with anguish and sadness. On Christmas morning, there was a knock on the door that awakened the depressed old man. And as he opened the door, he was greeted by a soldier holding a package. The soldier said, I was a friend of your son, and so I have something to give you. And the soldier mentioned that he was an artist, and then he gave the package to the man. It was a portrait of the man's son. Overcome with emotion, the man hung the portrait over the fireplace, pushing all those priceless pieces of art to the side. The following spring, the old man died. And so the art world waited with anticipation for the day when his paintings would be auctioned off. 
And according to the will of the old man, the auction would take place on Christmas Day. Well, Christmas Day finally arrived. Art collectors from around the world gathered to bid on some of the world's most spectacular paintings. Well, the auction began with the painting of the man's son. The auctioneer asked for an opening bid. But the room was silent. And then he asked, who will start the bidding with $10? No one spoke. Finally, someone said, who cares about that painting? I didn't come here for a picture of his son. Let's get on to the good stuff. The auctioneer responded, no. We have to sell this one first. Now, who will take the son? Finally, a neighbor of the old man offered $10. The neighbor said, I knew the boy, and so I'd like to have it. The auctioneer said, going once, going twice, sold, and bang. The gavel fell. Well, the auctioneer looked at all those people in the room, and he announced the auction was over. Everyone was stunned. Someone spoke up and said, what do you mean it's over? We didn't come here for the pain of someone's son. There's millions of dollars worth of art here to be auctioned off. The auctioneer replied, according to the father's will, whoever takes the son gets it all. Whoever takes the son gets it all. And you know, that's Joseph's story as well. You know the story that I read a few minutes ago, Mary conceives Jesus through the Holy Spirit, and at first Joseph is hesitant to believe it. I suppose we could say, who could blame him? So God sends an angel to speak to Joseph in a dream. The result of that is that Joseph is convinced, his anxiety is gone, he believes the unbelievable. And so Joseph takes the son. Joseph chooses to trust God and to love Mary. The two will now live together and share a home. They most certainly, this will most certainly raise eyebrows in their hometown of Nazareth. You can almost imagine the busybodies standing around in the street corner assuming that Mary and Joseph conceived the child during their engagement instead of waiting for marriage. What nerve those two have, they exclaim. But you see, Nazareth wasn't a very big town. It's estimated that about 2,000 people lived there at that time. And so gossip of this sort, it would pass quickly. It would go like wildfire. Result would be the impeccable character of Joseph would be undermined. And still, in spite of it all, Joseph takes the son. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he'll save his people from their sins. Jesus is the English term of the Hebrew name Joshua. It means the Lord saves. The child's name is Joshua or Jesus because this son will save his people from their sins. 
You see, whoever takes the Son gets it all. All sin forgiven. Every last one. Lock, stock, and barrel. You and I need it, don't we? We need it desperately. Because too often, instead of taking the Son, we're like our first parents, and we stubbornly take the forbidden fruit. And then we take advantage of others. We take God's blessings for granted. We take vengeance upon those who hurt us. We take hold of our possessions, and mine we shout to the world. We take part in sin, oblivious to how it hurts God's heart. And we repeatedly take life into our own hands, singing Frank Sinatra's, I did it my way. One day an elderly couple was at home and the husband said to his wife, he said, I like a dish of vanilla ice cream. And the wife said, I'll be happy to get that for you. Her husband asked, wait, he said, shouldn't you write that down? He said, don't be silly. I can remember a dish of vanilla ice cream. Yes, but he said, I want fudge on it. Got it, she said. And I want a cherry on top. Don't worry, she said. For that, she went into the kitchen. After a while, the husband thought he should check on her. He walked into the kitchen, and there on the table was bacon and eggs. He sat down and asked, where's the toast? God forgets, too. God forgets. And God forgives all your sin. Lock, stock, and barrel. And why is that? Whoever takes the Son gets it all. In Jesus' name, we get all of our sin forgiven, and we get all of our sin forgotten. We have a totally clean slate. But there's more. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, God with us is what Matthew's gospel is all about. It appears here in the beginning of the gospel. Then in the middle we read, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. And then in Matthew's last verse, Jesus says, Lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. In her song entitled, From a Distance, Bette Midler sings, God is watching us. God is watching us. God is watching us from a distance. Now, as great as that song may be, she's totally wrong. Because God is not watching us from a distance. Jesus, the Son of Mary, is not only our Savior from sin, but he's Emmanuel, God with us. God with us 
up close and personal. And what's more, Emmanuel's also God in us, God behind us, and God in front of us. Jesus is God, up close and personal, entering our muck and our mire, our chaos and our deep confusion. And we see it most profoundly in the day of deepest darkness. On that day, we grabbed hold of Emmanuel's hand and nailed him to the cross and said, leave us alone. And to this day, every sin demands just that, for us to be left alone by God. But on the other side of Good Friday, Emmanuel lives. There was the cradle and the cross, but conquering death. Emmanuel now wears the crown. That's why we have this sure and certain promise that whoever takes the son gets it all. In Emmanuel's name, we get all of his powerful and all of his loving presence. I'm with you always to the end of the age. Joseph takes the son. So, of course, does Mary. Peter does. So does Matthew. James and John take the son. Paul does, too. And millions have ever since. I invite you on this holy day, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to take the Son, either for the first, 50th, or the 500th time. And why do that? Remember? Whoever takes the Son really does get it all. We get every last bit of God's mercy and God's grace and God's love that are packaged and delivered in two marvelous names, Jesus and Emmanuel. These are God's Christmas gifts for you this day and always. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpass all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was filled with joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word. If you have questions or would like more information about Hope Lutheran Church, please visit our website, at www.hopeaurora.org. Send an email to office at hopeaurora.org or call us at 303-364-7416. This has been The Word of Hope.